it's time for GSU Panther Zone, Impact Media's weekly drive right past the big torch into Pantherville, all about our Georgia State Panther football team. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome in. Before we get started tonight, as always, if you would like to leave a question, comment, suggestion, rate or review the show, or any of uh, any of other ways to contact the show, here are the ways you can do so. You can email us at 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the number 3, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E, at gmail.com. You can search for us on Facebook, Impact Media, GSU Panther Zone, Jeremy York. If you are one of those people who likes to just click on a show and listen, or click on a link and listen to a show, we appreciate you guys just as much. You can do so by going to Twitter. You can do that on Facebook as well. You can go to Twitter, at Team Impact Media. Find the corresponding show you want to listen to. Click on it and listen as many times as you want. You can also, uh, if you want to follow me for show-related things and uh, off-the-show-related things, just fun things I find throughout life, you can do so by following at the Impact 99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. You can also find us anywhere you find a podcast, including Podcast One, Spotify, and the iTunes Store, and anywhere else you find a podcast. If there is somewhere that you find a podcast that you cannot find us, please let us know, and we will fix that accordingly. So, as I said... Welcome to the show. We are going to review the game versus James Madison. We're going to do that right out of the gate. And then we're going to take a break. And we're going to kind of assess the situation where Georgia State finds itself. And we will preview. I will give you the three keys to victory for this week against Marshall. First time we played them. That I can recall. But either way. Let's start by talking about the game at James Madison. Uh, good defensive effort overall by our Panthers defense. I mean, we've known that. They, they really started to pick it up late in the year. Made it a lot better, a lot easier to uh, be able to stay in some games. The offense carried them a lot early on. Uh, it needs to be a, a three-part game, though, because the special teams had its ups and downs. But, um, you know, it was kind of a punt fest for a minute. And then uh, JMU had some big runs on their second possession that ended up with Centeo finding Thornton for a touchdown. It was 7 to nothing with 5.22 left in the ballgame. Well, in the first quarter, I guess. <laughs> uh, then there was a grinding, just a grinded-out, chip-away, classic Georgia State-style drive. Hayes ends up hitting a 51-yard field goal, his career best, by the way. 7-3 with 25 seconds left there. Uh, that goes to the end of the first. 
in the second. There was a strip sack touchdown. This was actually at the end of the first quarter. Uh, strip sack touchdown by Georgia State makes it 10 to 7. Uh, that strip sack touchdown was, I know I have it, there it is, Javon Dennis, 21 yards, rumbles to the end zone. Uh, we go to the second quarter, where Darren Granger has a 28-yard run for a touchdown, making it 17-7. to Michael Hayes kicks a 22-yard field goal, not quite as impressive as the, 20, as the 51, but he still gets the job done. Uh, you get a Terrell Gordon 32-yard fumble return, making it 27-7, and Georgia, Georgia State is rolling. Then towards the end of the half, uh, Devin Ravenel gets a four-yard pass from uh, Centeo to make it 20, uh, for the touchdown, makes it 27-14. And then Jamari Thrash, 75-yard pass and catch from Darren Granger. Uh, Michael Hayes with the kick makes it 34-14 to 14 at the half. Man, this team's rolling, right? They're rolling. Then you get the, uh, the third quarter begins, and it begins with a Percy Agaye Obese one-yard run that puts it at 34-21. to 21. JMU getting back in it a little bit. Uh, you get uh, Centeo to Kalen Black for 15 yards for the touchdown. Makes it 34-28. Only a six-point deficit. Then at the end of the third quarter, Agaye Obese gets the 36-yard run for a touchdown. With the extra point, it's now 35-34 JMU. No need to really panic, right? Then, a handful of minutes into the fourth quarter, uh, Centeo finds Thornton again for a 16-yard pass with the touchdown there, the Camden Wise kick. It is 42-34. to 34. Darren Granger gets the uh, six-yard run in for the touchdown that makes it 42-40. to 40. They go for the two-point conversion. This is with about two minutes to go. And just falls short. Doesn't work. 42 to 40 is your is your final. Georgia State falls to 4 and 7. JMU goes to 7 and 3. Granger was 8 for 15 for 176 and a touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, he did have the one fumble. It happens. Um, nobody really got started running so much. Our run game was, was really impacted by their defense. Uh, leading rusher was Marcus Carroll with 35. Uh, Granger had 31. And Tucker Gregg had 15. And they did a good job of shutting down the run. Uh, Receiving-wise, you had Jamari Thrash, who had four catches for 136 and a touchdown. That was 75 being the longest. And then Cradle and even Gregg uh, barely got to about 20 yards apiece. That JMU defense was quite good. 
They were quite good, guys. Um, I like the defensive effort we had. I mean, I talked about the Javon Dennis touchdown. Uh, he got the sack and the uh, tackle for a loss and everything. Uh, Vinzial had some tackles for a loss. 11 total tackles on the day for him. McCollum with a big sack. Ter uh, yeah, Gore with a, a big sack as well. That, that was three there was three sacks and nine tackles for a loss on the day from this defense. This defense has done some fantastic, fantastic things. Uh, once again, shout out to Michael Hayes for uh, hitting the two field goals, including his career best 51. We all knew he could do that. I'm glad. Uh, I hate that he had to try, uh, but I'm glad that he was able to bail out the offense and put some points on the board. Um, for James Madison, Centeo was 21 for 27 for 274 and four touchdowns. He really started to find a groove in that third quarter, and uh, he's up. He's a pretty good quarterback, guys. Um, Agaye Obese had 20 carries for 89 yards and two touchdowns. The two touchdowns is what hurt. The 89 yards and 20 carries ain't, ain't a whole lot of anything. Uh, nobody else really got moving all that much for them on that, but four touchdowns in the air, two on the ground. That's, that's, that's tough. I mean, we managed to score 40 points. They scored 42. So... Uh, is what it is with that. They actually had a handful of fumbles as well. Centeo had a couple. Um, just they, they were putting the ball on the ground a lot, which was what was helping Georgia State early and getting great field position and things like that. And uh, then they kind of tightened it up in the second half. It was a different ball game. They end the day with five sacks and eight tackles for a loss um, they really didn't make a lot of tackles I mean they were spread out among the entire team their leading tacklers had six apiece and that was Edwards and uh, Ukwu um, you know kick return wise Knight was getting about 20 yards uh, a run for them which was not bad including the 35-yard he busted out. I mean, it's not, I mean, their punter got a lot of work. It's not that they were really doing a whole lot. They just, uh, like I said, once Centeo found his groove and uh, Agaye Obese was able to punch a bunch of them in, just wasn't a lot else could be done about it. Um, overall, I, I thought the team effort was there. They they didn't give away. I mean, they didn't they didn't give up. They uh, stayed in there pretty good. I mean, fourth down they were one for one. They they got the one fourth down conversion. They did. That's 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 good news. Um, only totaling two hundred fifty seven total yards. We know that's not going to get it done. That's that's usually what their rush numbers look like. Um, just defensive effort overall by JMU. That's that's what it really come down to. We had the one turnover. They had four. And they actually had the ball a lot more. But we were efficient in the comeback score that we had. But as I said, that puts us at four wins. The most we can get is five, which will more than likely keep us out of being bowl eligible and 
are tied for fourth in the Sun Belt East. Um, with the chance to pull even with Marshall, and depending on what App does, I mean, there's a chance we could finish tied for third. I mean, technically above them because we'd beat them. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens with all of that. But um, like I said, overall, thought the effort was there. Thought the the want was there. Just the execution uh, wasn't quite there just seemed like every time they zigged when they needed a zag or zag when they needed a zig JMU was right there James Madison was right there to put a stop to it and uh, they they did their they did their homework plus they got one of the best rush defenses in the league so for them to be able to uh, make another big stand like that that's uh, you know congratulations to them and you know is what it is as far as that but we are going to take a break. When we come back from the break, we are going to uh, talk about some things that Coach Elliott said at the post-game presser. Then we will preview the game versus Marshall right here on GSU Panther Zone. We'll be back right after this. Hey, this is Jeremy the Impact York from the Impact Media family of podcasts. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest ways to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. And we're back on GSU Panther Zone. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. Welcome back. First part of the, oh, make sure to visit our friends at betonline.net as they have the betting lines and the wagers and they have the articles, they have uh, the, the podcast, they have all this information to make you a more educated, better uh, fan. And uh, like I said, even if you're at a place where maybe it's not, maybe you don't bet or maybe you can't bet where you are, you don't need, you don't need to worry about that. You can still use the articles and all the information and podcasts that they have to be a better, more educated fan. As I said, makes you a better fan. Check out betonline.net. We definitely appreciate them. Now, let's talk a little bit about the press conference. Uh, we talked to Coach Elliott. Uh, he had some things to say. Not a, not a whole lot, really. He he was, you could tell he was a little down. He, he wasn't going to be super fired up. He was not mad. He was not upset. Um, may, maybe a little disappointed in the way things went. Um, but he said hats off to JMU. James Madison come out with a plan. They executed the plan. And even a late comeback attempt falls just short. But uh, here is Coach Elliott's opening statement, and uh, here's what he said. Yeah. Oh, God, what a what a tough, tough dog on the feet that one. I mean, it's this. Um, man, it's tough. I mean, it's just hard to think about right now. Um, 
you know, I sit here and I, I wonder about, you know, what, what changes in, in, in a 20 minute period at halftime and to come out and, and to be so flat and uh, not execute and really uh, both sides of the football. Uh, had some opportunities that we, we took advantage of in the first half and, and had a, had a lead there. And, uh, and I think the last thing I said going out of the locker room right before the half was, you know, you, you can't play with not to lose. We have to go win this game in the second half. And, and it certainly didn't look like it. And, uh, you know, it's disappointing and disappointing. Those guys came out and did a good job nicely uh, executing uh, our defense, creating turnovers. Uh, gave us an opportunity to go down there and, uh, and score the last touchdown and, and an opportunity to tie the game with a two-point conversion. And, you know, you have, um, you know, a uh, play just didn't go our way. So uh, <clears throat> here we are. And uh, it's a disappointing night. And there you go. That's, you know, like I said, he, he hats off to JMU. They executed they. They uh, put Georgia State in some bad situations, and the Panthers could not find a way out of it successfully every time. So uh, that, that had a lot to do with the way the game played out. Uh, here is Coach Elliott on his defense and how they played tonight. Oh, it's, I mean, it's amazing. You know, those guys have done a really nice job penetrating and creating turnovers, and uh, now they're turning those turnovers into touchdowns, and those are, that's a really, really good sign. Uh, Obviously, we love to we love to see those things. So, you know, I don't know really what what the adjustment was there in the third quarter, to be honest with you. But uh, they came out and really executed. And I believe it went down in about a minute and twenty seconds, and and, uh, and and got a touchdown. And then we couldn't do anything offensively. But uh, our guys are playing hard. Our our front guys always play hard. They always create. You know, have it. They're a lot like James Madison uh, in that sense. Um, but yeah, we we needed we needed all four four quarters. I tried to you know I was sitting there telling them and and they created that last turnover. Uh, I said you you guys go win the game, go win the game, and they they gave us that ball back. And offensively, you know the two point conversion failed. And as you can tell there, uh, he knew the defense was holding this game together when it was starting to get a little off the rails and the offense just could not catch up enough to, to uh, keep it closer when it needed to be. Uh, I asked him about Michael Hayes. You guys know I like to give shout outs to all the special teamers, uh, including uh, Kate Loggins and Jack Bernstein, who do a fantastic job with um, with the snapping and holding and all that kind of stuff on, on the field goals. But I asked him about Michael Hayes and what he's meant to this team this year, and here's what he said. Yeah, you know, I've always thought uh, that that Hayes could be a really good kicker from the time I walked into his high school and offered him a scholarship. I think we were the only people to offer him. Uh, I thought he had a really nice swing of a leg and, and I believe that uh, I thought he was going to be a kicker and not, not so much a punter, but he's really – Really done a nice job, and he probably didn't have a great job punting the football tonight. You know, it was a little chilly out there, uh, but uh, he he's done a really good job. And to handle all three things, I mean, he does it he does it really well. Um, I always joke because, for whatever reason, the specialists across the country they don't want to do all three. I and mean, I'm like, 
you have the opportunity. I mean, you're, you're going to play an 18, 21, 22 snap, whatever it may be. You know, you, you, you are more involved in this football team than, than any specialist probably across the country. And I, I think it's great. And uh, I think he handles it real well. And as you can tell, uh, he kind of lit up a little bit because he knew how I was going to ask about Michael. Uh, he knows I always ask about special teams and uh, his side of things on that. Uh, that that seemed to be one of the uh, fun things he actually wanted to talk about is that, you know, he said from the time he walked in Michael Hayes High School and he, he thinks they may have been the only offer to him. Uh, that's, a, that's a crying shame because he is a heck of a punter. I got to agree with Coach there. But he said when – a heck of a kicker in general. He said uh, getting the opportunity to do kickoffs, punts, and field goals, he can't understand why other people don't want to do all of them. And yet Michael stepped up and has done all of them all year, including hitting his career-best 51-yarder just this week in this game. But uh, great nod to him. Shout-out to Michael Hayes again. And lastly, we asked Coach about Jamari Thrash and what he means to this team. Here's what he said. Thrash has really been a uh... – just a solid performer for us. And, you know, I'd love, love for him to have 80 catches. Um, I don't know. I think he may have about 50 or so. Um, it, it's, he seems to be magical when the ball's in his hands. And, you know, we need to understand that and get the ball in his hands a little bit more often and give him the opportunity to make the big play. So, you know, he turned that dog on speed sweep into a dog on big touchdown run. I think it was maybe a 75 yard touchdown run. <clears throat> Uh, he makes plays in the passing game, you know, the, the fourth down conversion right there. I mean, to be honest with you, the ball probably shouldn't even have went to him, but you go to a guy that's a playmaker and you know that that he's going to be a guy that delivers for you and why not go to him? Uh, I, I think he's he, he's a special ball player for us. I love Thrash to death, and uh, he's going to be special for a couple more years. I mean, what else can you say about Jamari Thrash? He uh, started as the – wide receiver three or wide receiver four what last year and just emerged as a great route running deep threat I mean there's a reason why he racks up so many yards and it's because Granger sees the separation downfield and just chucks it to him uh, he is absolutely one of the best receivers at least in the Sun Belt if maybe not in the country but uh, that was that was all the stuff we heard from coach and uh, they look forward to Marshall this week which will be a noon kickoff uh, tomorrow actually on ESPN plus Marshall is a six and a half point favorite they've won three more games than Georgia State and yet they're only a six and a half point favorite three of that is because they're at home so they know Georgia State's going to put some points up on Marshall we will see how this particular matchup goes it is a 70-30 split according to the ESPN fan vote. It just means there's more Marshall fans is what that usually means. Uh, here are my three keys to victory for how the Panthers are going to win this. They have got to shut down the run attack of Marshall. The Thundering Herd is, are led by Kalen LeBourne. He has 270 attempts for 1,323 yards. He has 14 touchdowns. Yeah, and he doesn't just get goal line abilities. Like I said, he has 1,300 yards. He is looking to hit 1,500 for the year. That is a ton. There are running backs in the NFL who don't get 1,000 yards in a year. Uh, LeBorn can definitely run. We've got to crack down on him. 
On the flip side, key number two, we've got to establish our run game. It was non-existent this week, basically. Could not get out of the gate. We're going to have a little bit softer defense to run against with the Thundering Herd this time around. And I think it's got to be led by Tucker Gregg, Marcus Carroll. We know Jam's out. Um, if we can get KZ a couple runs in there, I think he should do some good things. But we got to establish the run in order to win this contest. And number three, how about the obvious? We've got to win the turnover battle. We can't throw interceptions. We can't put the ball on the ground all the time because it usually doesn't bounce our way. It does not bounce the Panthers' way. You've got to win the turnover battle. So to recap, my three keys to victory for the Panthers over the Thundering Herd this week. Number one, you've got to shut down their rush attack or at least contain it because you cannot let LeBourne get going. 14 touchdowns, 1,300 yards. He's really good, which means their offensive line is really good. Number two, we have to establish the run because that's going to open up the pass game and the rest of it as well. But we've got to get our runners going because it's one of the best rush attacks in the league. And it just wasn't there last week. And number three, you have to win the turnover battle. If you don't win the turnover battle, you're going to lose this game. It just, you can't do that. The Sun Belt is too good of a league, too good of a, a conference that you can't turn the ball over a bunch and expect to win, which includes blocked punts, by the way. Let's not have any of those. But otherwise, I see this, honestly, as the Panthers picking up their fifth and final victory of the year, putting a little bit of a uh, down ending on Marshall's season where they finished seven and five. They're looking to they're looking to add another win and get to a better bowl. We're here to stop them from doing that. They're already gonna make it to a bowl. That's fine. It helps the Sun Belt. But to finish five and seven and to play for these seniors, that's what this team will be playing for. That's a hundred percent what this team will be playing for. Uh, we will have a show next week. I hope to talk to coach a little bit on Monday and as uh, we'll have some of that on next week's show as well but it will probably be the finale of the year but it has been fantastic being able to come on and talk Panthers all the time appreciate you guys that tune in appreciate all your feedback appreciate running into you guys at games you guys make it so much fun but until next time this has been GSU Panther Zone I'm your host Jeremy the Impact York we will see you guys next week Go Panthers.